Welcome to Behind the Story, where we learn the story behind the story. I'm Naomi Craig, historical fiction author of Rahab's Courage. And my name is Lisa Renee from the Collaborative Press, where we help authors self-publish, and I'm also a contemporary romance author. On last week's show, we had Tabitha Baldwin, and she had a giveaway for her new release, Stealing the First Mate. So the winner is in our show notes to check out if your name is in there. And Naomi, before we get started today, we've got an awesome, uh, fun uh, South Australian author, and it's going to be lots of fun. Uh, but before we get on to that, let's just catch up with each other. Tell us, tell me what you've been up to this last week or two. Um, yeah, absolutely. I've been actually booking podcasts um, for my release coming out later this summer. So I've already done a couple. It's it's a lot of fun. I enjoy I enjoy getting to know. The hosts and um, just having a good good chats about Christian fiction so it's really been a lot of fun so how about you what are you working on you're coming up on your release here soon yeah I should have been booking some podcasts too but <laughs> <laughs> some blog posts um, yeah so I've uh, yep nearly on the end of no filters just about to come out and um, so <clears throat> I wanted at the back of the book as well like a link to the next book so I've got my pre-order up for another series I'm doing um, it's going to be a rom-com series and so I did a novelia for that um, early in the year I did speech to text for that one too <laughs> and so that's some side characters an engaged couple that's in the first book and so it's their story so it's a lot of fun uh, it's a little bit flirty and a bit uh, fun situation so it's called fake engagement mistake and um, yeah, it's set in the US in a small town called Idaho Springs. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that's my new novella that we'll put the show notes um, with that link for that. If anyone, you can actually buy it on Amazon or all the other bookstores, or you can get it free when you subscribe to my newsletter. So yeah. So, so for your, your preview, do you have the entire thing for free as a sneak peek? Or do you just have like a couple of chapters and then they have to come find you? Or So this novella uh, is... 14,000 words so it's six chapters it's a complete story and uh yeah so it's quite fun and uh the characters from a couple of the guy characters from the first book of the series um they are in this novella so they're introduced in the town and the the town gossip and all that kind of stuff Mrs Baxter the town gossip <laughs> a few characters are introduced and that kind of stuff so yeah so yeah it's been lots of fun um now, Naomi, you, you would like to introduce our guest? I, I would, and I, I realized um, you're going to have a lot of fun with this. This is, this is such a fun interview, but I'm probably going to say her last name wrong, so you'll have to help me on that one, Lisa. Uh, I, well, she was, said it, and I was like, oh, is that how you say it? Oh, okay. Kind of like Reese. <laughs> yeah, was, like it, was it Reese? Or Reese? I didn't. Yeah, I thought it was Reese. But yeah, okay. anyway. I <laughs> when she says her name at the very end that's how you <laughs> then it. you will know <laughs> I guess it's not just an American thing so I apologize um, our guest today is South Australian author Meredith Riesk um, and has been writing since 1991 she has had books in the Australian market since 1997 her series Heart of Green Valley was published in Australia the UK and the US Meredith also, also speaks on issues relevant to relationships and emotional and spiritual growth. 
She co-wrote and co-produced a 2007 feature film production, Twin Rivers, with her husband, Nick. Meredith has worked in Christian ministry since 1983. Meredith, they both have three adult children, one daughter and two sons. Meredith, thank you so much for joining us on Behind the Story. All right, well, thank you for having me, uh, Lisa and Naomi. It's a real privilege to be asked. And I would want to thank you guys for doing um, this show. This is excellent for us in the authors. Thanks very much. No problem. Well, uh, yeah, so I've been getting to know Meredith recently. We're doing some projects in the future. And um, I just loved her stories that she writes some rom-com, but she actually has such a large career and um, so I just want that for those that aren't familiar with you, Meredith, can you just tell us a bit more about you and what you, that you write? Well, uh, Lisa, I've been writing for many, many years. I've been published since 1997. Um, and I sort of started out on the trail of historical romance. And that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that, but it was more serious than, than this. As I got on, I got a bit bored with historical romance. I'd written quite a few. They were going really, really well here in Australia. Um, so I messed around. I tried a fantasy allegory. I tried a murder mystery. I tried a time travel adventure. That was fun. Um, I've tried a contemporary romance serious. And then I've just uh, hit upon this set of books, which is what you would probably call rom-com. Um, I didn't necessarily set out to make it rom-com, but the characters were that those kind of people. So um, I found myself laughing. So I guess that's what we're going to call it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, your latest release, All Arranged, is your 22nd published title. Um, and that, uh, by the time this airs, your release will be right around the time this airs. Is that correct? Yes, yes, it should be. Uh, where are we? It'll be on the 14th of June. Excellent. So by the time this airs, it will have been brand new right out you can get it right away um, yeah. so tell us what sparked this the series this all arranged series you uh, well it's, it's actually let me I'll show you the first one in the series so you can have a look it's called the Luella Lindley license to medal series now what sparked it well I started actually I wrote the third one first <laughs> the one that's coming out next week this one is the one I actually wrote first. And I wrote that probably, oh, I don't know, about six, seven years ago. And I was at that stage in my life where I had adult children um, who I thought were just a little bit slow about getting on with the whole, um, you know, let's find a life partner and get married sort of thing. Um, and they weren't actually really fond of my advice uh, or interference. And it's like, ah. So what you do when this is happening in your life, of course, is you go and you live vicariously through some other characters. Um, so I made some up and, and um, the, the Luella Lindley, the main mother in these, the series, is uh, an author. She has turned out she writes Regency romance, which is probably where, you know, I'm a huge Regency romance fan. Um, Jane Austen. Well, she's the greatest author of all time, isn't she? And um, and I do love Regency romance. Uh, and I myself live in La La Land a lot as an author, and I'm sure other authors out there that would listening, I see a shake of the head here and there, also live in La La Land a lot. Um, and so at first the story didn't feature her too much. And 
Um, do you want to know what happened? I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's up to you if you want to. No, not in the story. What happened about writing the story? I wrote the third one first. And there was this issue in it, which I'm not going to tell you about because it would be a spoiler, that I kept getting feedback on. Um, I think even Lisa gave me the same feedback. Um, and the feedback was, you know, this is a, a problem. It, it sort of um, confuses the genre a bit. And I tried and tried to change it, but it just wouldn't change. You know, sometimes the, the characters, they are who they are and they're going where they're going and you just can't change them. Anyway, so I submitted it to an um, editor friend of mine who's very, very cluey. And um, she said to me, you need to make more of the mother character. You need to pump her up and um, get her antics bigger and put, you know, some of her writing into it. Um, and she said, the way you'll sell this is if you do it. Um, that this is the third in the series and you write these stories about the two sisters first. I said, well, you know, that's probably a good idea. So I went away and um, I got the two sisters, began to think about them. I don't know where these ideas come from. It's really quite alarming to think what goes on in my head. But anyway, I got two other stories and um, wrote them. But uh, Lisa, you've, you've read, um, read them or read a couple of them anyway. You um, see that I've also written a parallel story that goes along with it that is um, in Regency. So it's Luella's writing in Regency, but it reflects what's happening with her kids uh, in the contemporary. And um, so the third one that I'm going to release on the 14th is the first one. But no, it's not the first in series. It's the first one I wrote. Awesome. And there's also a story about the covers. I know uh, sometimes we with rom-com, like we try to look for graphics or so people know right out that it's got that sort of rom-com feel, uh, but you found a bit hard to find exactly what you wanted. So what did you do with some of these covers? Well, I started out, uh, my daughter-in-law's a bit of an artist and I did a Pinterest board and I was looking at all the um, rom-com covers that are out at the moment. It's all very hand-drawn and very, um, you, you know, hand-drawn characters and freehand sort of writing and it all looks really cool and everything like that. Um, and I thought about that and I was going to go that way. I messed around with it a bit with uh, my daughter-in-law. But then um, this idea had always been in my mind because um, if you have a look, oh, wrong one, sorry. This idea had always been in my mind because it's about an author. Um, I've got the background is like um, notepaper. I don't know if you can see that, lined notepaper. And I try to do the font as like it's a handwritten, like she's just writing notes and that these are actually ideas that she's cut out and pasted on there and then she's written drawn arrows in one thing and another um and you'll see this is like a typewriter font um and so i sort of try to mix a, a bit of both uh the the modern hand-drawn type thing with the arrows and the hand-drawn love hearts and all that sort of thing um but i needed a a policeman right so once again you go to stock photos and the policemen then they're all very american looking which is lovely um but this is not an american novel um so my, my friend is uh he he is a policeman he's also a writer i'm trying to get him to write he's actually a really good writer um and actually all of the police scenes in here um spoiler alert um i got i i sat with him and I said, this is what happens, this is what happens, please, I want you to tell me exactly what happens, you know, step by step, 
police scene, police procedure, police scene, which is, um, he's helped me with that. But anyway, so I dragged him around to my place one day and we took photos of him in his uh, South Australian police outfit. Um, you will notice here that the gun is absent because <laughs> he wasn't allowed to bring the gun for the photo shoot. <laughs> so this, your daughter is a photographer, did you say? My daughter-in-law took this one. Yeah. Okay, yep. And, and so the other one's a stock photo of the woman. And what about the other cover? Do you have any other friends that posed for you? Uh, not in this, not in this series, in, uh, in the other series I did, but this one here, my tradie, and I understand tradie is an Aussie, um, Aussieism, which is uh, short for tradesman, which could be, I'm going to say a chippy, a sparky. <laughs> <laughs> a chippy is a carpenter, a sparky is an electrician. What else do we have? Uh, anyway, a, a brickie could be a brickie, which is a, a bricklayer. Headsman is called a tradie. Um, so anyway, I looked on stock photos for a tradesman and all the tradesmen on stock photos look like Bob the Builder and uh, nice plaid shirts, you know. We I mean, it would have gone with a rom-com star, but it's not very sexy. <laughs> Bob um, the Builder. The shirt, <laughs> just so you know, a plaid shirt is a flanny. Um <laughs> But anyway, I wasn't going for that. The 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 Bob the Builder with a very pristine um, tool belt. It was lovely, pristine, lovely um, plaid shirt. He looked like Tim the Tool Man Taylor's. What was the fella on that show? Uh, okay. Tim Taylor. <laughs> yeah, his other oh, fan. Tim Allen. Oh, uh, yeah. Al Al Borland. Al Al Al. He looks, you know, dressed like Al. No, it was. Yeah. I needed something looking like this. You see, so I put. I put two things on Facebook. First of all, I put up, um, does anybody have a tradie in the house who'd, who'd be a good sport and let me have a photograph to use on the front of my cover? Well, I've got a number of mothers volunteering their sons. Um, <laughs> this one here I was uh, from um, Kate Macareth. Actually, I believe she's a writer as well. And she said, oh, my husband, he's really, really hot. She says, I'll take a photo. <laughs> <laughs> so she's photographs across the <laughs> so I have to say Kate's husband is a um, an excellent sport um, and then I had to send her back and, and talk to her about lighting and one thing and another anyway so she, and and the background and all this so she she's organized I said um, the iPhone wasn't high enough resolution so she got a friend to lend her a camera and anyway so long story short I got this photograph so then I put it up on Facebook um, I don't know why. Oh, no, my brother-in-law said to me, this is very disturbing, he said. The shirt is not ironed. What? And I go, ironed? Come on, it's a tradie. <laughs> yeah. It's really? very professional. <laughs> and so um, I put it up on Facebook and said, what do you think about the fact that my tradie's shirt isn't ironed? Well, I got a flood of responses, didn't I? About 117 people. 95% uh, of them said, Oh, don't iron a tradie's shirt. That would look ridiculous. Um, and then there was about 5% of the mainly Italian mothers who said, I always ironed my tradie's shirts before he went out. And I thought, well, they probably got laughed at the minute they got to the building site with ironed shirts, but goodness me. So anyway, uh -huh. that's the story. I've got a stock photo and it's a farmer and his shirt was ironed as, um, sorry, creeds oh, as well. Oh. And that was stock photo, farmer. So, is that crazy? And, and he, that crazy? He, was, he was widowed, so he didn't iron his shirt. So, it was very realistic. Oh, good. 
I mean, just anybody iron shirt. I iron my husband's shirts. He's a pastor, but that's only for Sunday and Wednesdays. Does anybody else comment yes. below if you're still ironing shirts? Because we need to know. <laughs> my husband irons his own shirts. Does he? <laughs> for uh, if he I wears this. Iron my husband's shirts. He's he's pastor also, but things in Australia have changed, and nobody's wearing shirts and ties to church anymore. So. Are they going shirtless or? <laughs> the material, the material, if you buy shirts, I don't need ironing. That's the way. No, right. Yeah. Put them in the dryer. Or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. how I iron. I put it in the dryer, fold it, take it out, fold it straight away. <laughs> oh, that's I'm an fantastic. author. I don't have time for ironing. <laughs> when you watch a movie is when you iron. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so where are that you said they're not you don't want an Australian or an American um, tradie are they are you set in Australia then all your all yeah. your books yeah Excellent. um I've only got two out of my 22 that are not set in Australia and they're both set in the UK and I didn't feel too bad about that because I lived in the UK for a year and um I you know uh, they're both historicals and I dug around a lot of historical sites while I was there as you can imagine let's if you're going to be in the UK you don't want to sit in yeah. television so um yeah both of those um I felt reasonably comfortable about writing um American while I've while we've watched loads of American television and I could probably you know talk about any tele American television program with you mostly um I I'm feeling quite insecure about writing in a country I've never been to um, because when I got to the UK, I found out, I thought that our culture was probably the same as the British yeah. culture. Hey, we were settled by the Brits and, you know, I'm of British descent, so I'll be the same as them. And I got there and I was alarmed. It took me a while to figure it out. But our culture um, is vastly different to the UK culture in terms of how we relate to each other and I think it's probably I, I don't know but I think it would probably be similar if I landed in the US that the way that we as Australians um, interact and relate is very very different so even though I've watched lots and lots of Hallmark movies <laughs> is it true just of America right there you got it yeah, I know I've been mean, cringing it's like at them judging us on Crocodile Dundee yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Hallmark <laughs> that's not Australia and I'd be interested to know I, I in the front of the books I do put a list of um terms that I think are uh uniquely Australian like tradie for instance um and, but I would be interested to know if it does read differently to American, because I, I don't think I'd pick it up. Mm. I mean, I can tell it's American, but I don't know. Well, yeah, well, I, I have, have an American idea. editor and she picks up, and my critique partners, I'll say, we don't know, I don't know what this means. And sometimes if it's in the context, I might know. But yeah, yeah. So yeah. I do have to change something to something general most of the time but if it's an Australian character as long as it's sort of obvious what they're talking about I'll keep yeah. the Australian terms but but um yeah like vacation is what Americans would say for holidays yeah. so my female character would say holiday and the guy character is American he said vacation so yeah just little things like I don't that. Think, I think that's fair like that but because all of my characters are Australian and yes. we are in Australia mm. I put another 
front of the book to sort of say I um I toyed with the idea I know other writer friends of mine have absolutely swapped out the Australian um lingo and inserted a stra- like you know they've t- they're taking out the trash and eating uh, parking in the parking lot Naomi's looking at me as if to say what's wrong with that um but that's not what we say um <laughs> I I would take out the rubbish bin for a start with and uh, I'd park in a car park um but you and, and there's hundreds of sayings that are different yeah um so I toyed with the idea of swapping it out because I do want to have more American readers because there's a lot more readers over there than there are here um but I elected to keep it Australian with the Australian language but I did and it was hard for me to do I changed to American spelling oh you can be here <laughs> as, as evidenced here on the front of the cover it says organized with the z oh yeah and of course we would spell it with an s of course <laughs> now um and now I've got Australians looking at me and saying, don't you know how to spell? Look, I do know how to spell, but <laughs> I made a conscious decision to change the spelling to US. Um, I love it. That's going to be in your author's note when you're... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have made a conscious decision to use that Z. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, yeah, it wasn't easy, Jamie. You think it's easy. It's no. not. Oh, I'm starting know, to... I, even, even when I comment on socials, I'm using American spelling, you know what I mean? And polarised love, it's with a Z, so. Yeah. Um, so um, have you travelled a bit? What's your favourite country other than Australia? Um, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> other than Australia. I agree. Yes, I know. I, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I've only been to, I've been to Singapore a number of times. I've been to the UK several times and I've been to Italy because my husband's heritage is Italian. Nice. So we had to Italy to visit his cousins. He's got a bazillion of them. Um, so my favourite country out of those three would be the UK um, because I, uh, I don't know, I just love the, U- the UK history. I guess it's because that's my roots, uh, my you know, five generations back, but that's my roots anyway. So I've poked around graveyards and um, old churches and cathedrals and manor houses and that sort of business. So I, I um, enjoy that. I don't like England. Like the England I lived in was horrible. <laughs> but the fairyland England that all the tourists go to see, which is all the old buildings and the, the really excellent little um, 11th, 12th century towns uh, like Laycock where they filmed Pride and Prejudice and they filmed... Cranford and um, another town, Castle Coombe, where they filmed Stardust and, uh, you know, these little towns often get used. You would often have seen them in films. Um, that's fascinating. I love that sort of stuff. So other than the fact it takes 24 hours to get there. Um, I'm on and, it, and it's so cold. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, you'd be lucky to get. Actually, the first time I landed in England, Everybody been telling me it's always it always rains and it's always cold, and it was thirty degrees. Mm, wow! I actually got sunburned, and I said, "What's going on here?" Um, but, but it was only one time. Of course, this happened. Uh, but they said, "Oh no, it's really really strange." And I said, "Hmm." <laughs> Getting sunburned at Windsor Castle. What's going on? <laughs> uh. 
So what are your hobbies outside of reading and writing? Eating. <laughs> it's not a good hobby. <laughs> uh, it's a hobby. It's not doing for me though. Um, I, when I was younger, I played a lot of sport, um, but I gave up basketball when I was 55, which was a little while ago. Wow. Um, because I was so slow and all the younger girls, I think, thought what's going on she's very slow and I actually fell and hurt my knees for the first time so I um don't do sports I should do more walking mm. but yeah reading and writing music um movies um and eating and cooking I like cooking now um it, uh, my husband and I were getting old you can tell we don't want to go out now because the restaurant food is actually not as good as what we're making at home <laughs> have the onset of uh, uh master chef do you get master chef in the u.s yeah i don't i don't watch a whole lot of popular tv There's lots of cooking yeah, shows, of it. yeah yeah master chef and there was another show here in australia called my kitchen rules um my husband had never been in the kitchen and um thought you know that that was a woman's domain really excellent idea um but he watched this show so much that he decided you know what that doesn't look so hard I think I'll have a go it took him two years but after he had a go now he likes cooking and he stands over my shoulder and tells me what I'm doing wrong which is very annoying um but we like to cook because we like to eat mm. yeah, <laughs> that's it my husband likes to eat too <laughs> but I don't like it's, to cook anymore <laughs> Oh dear. I'm just getting old. And grandchildren. I like grandchildren. Oh, yes. That's a hobby. <laughs> That's a second job, babysitting. Yeah, well, it would be nice. They live a little bit far away and I don't see them now, often, unfortunately. Mm. But I was kind of hoping it would be busier with it. Mm. I think I'm going to be busy. I've With seven children, I'm bound to have about 21 grandkids. <laughs> I'm not, there's no point... Uh, <laughs> doing much to my house is just going to be trash all the time. Uh, you've had your full of children probably by the time you get back. Yeah, so i got to like, learn how to look after yourself. <laughs> Knit booties. No. Okay. Um, so 22 books ago, what inspired you to start writing in the first place? My husband put a ban on me buying new books. That's what inspired me. <laughs> well, I'm going to write them then. <laughs> and now you're never going to see me. <laughs> Um, it was back, uh, when did I start? 1991. Um, were either of you born then? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I just uh, found out about Christian fiction. Janet Oakey was the first. I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but anyway, that's how I've always pronounced it. Janet Oak or Janet Oakey. Um, her books had made their way into our um, small Christian bookshops here. And I discovered it and I thought, oh, I love this. And so I'd read one and then, Oh, I'd trundle back and I'd buy another one and I'd buy another one and I was just building, building. And, of course, she had quite a lot out. And then I started to read. Um, who did I read after Jeanette? I can't remember. Anyway, um, authors at the time, Bodie Taney, I was all of hers. And, anyway, my husband um, said to me, <laughs> we were young, um, young children, you're buying too many books, you don't need all these books, you're not buying any more. Right, excellent. Thank you very much. Um and I was annoyed by that, of course, because it was just a new habit that I got into is buying Christian fiction books. Um, and one day, I tell you what happened, I was, I was ironing and I was quite annoyed. Um, 
about something and something came into my head, which actually used to happen all the time, but I didn't know it happened all the time. Um, as like, we were pastors, we were youth pastors and then pastors. I can't remember what stage of life we were in, but uh, if you've, you've done pastoring, obviously, Naomi, you know, um, you worry about people or you're concerned about people who you, within your pastoral connection. And I was concerned about these people and I was ironing away and off my brain went with these, these people, these two people. And I had taken their troubling situation and I had made it worse and there was crisis and there was dialogue and they would say this and this person would say that and then this would happen. And off I went and I finished the ironing and I, I suddenly hit me what I'd done. I'd taken these people through this terrible situation. <laughs> I'd been before them and everything. And actually they knew nothing about it. <laughs> it's fine. I, I had always done it. I didn't know, but I, I thought if I could do that, with real people I could probably do that with fictional characters too and I was so excited I ran to the supermarket or didn't run but I went to the supermarket and bought lined I've probably got them somewhere um notebooks empty page books my pen back in the day before I had a computer the only typewriter I had was one of the old clackety clack typewriters which, and I was terrible at typing. That was one of the subjects I failed at school. Um, so I began to write. I made up these characters and it was so much fun. So I had one child at school, one child at kindergarten and the baby at home. So I put the baby down to afternoon nap and I get my notebook out and my pen and, and I just write, 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 write. I can't even remember what the question was now. Oh, when did I? <laughs> How did you get into writing your first book? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I wrote it in no time flat and it was so amazing being involved in this fairyland and these characters and everything. Uh, even when I'd sit outside the kindergarten waiting to pick up my son, I would be writing in my notebook. Um, and um, I thought, oh, everybody's just going to love this. This is so exciting. And the only publishing house I knew of at the time was Bethany House Publishers because uh, they, they were the ones that were being distributed mainly here. So I wrote away with them to them with great um, joy. Um, we, you can't look up online. There was no line to look on back in, in this time. So I put it away with a stamp and all of that. And um, after, and I went on and started write the sequel to it. Wrote, wrote, wrote. And uh, the letter came back maybe oh three months later or so with a nice little printed card. Thank you for your interest in our publishing house. And um, while, uh, you know, we cannot make comments on your manuscript and but while we have not accepted, does not mean that there is no merit in it. Uh, you're sincerely the editing staff at Bethlehem. Did Health you Publishing. send the whole manuscript? No, uh, no, I think I sent it. It's in an acquire, acquire query, yeah. Yeah, well, I didn't know anything about anything back yeah. in those days. I didn't even know what I was doing with writing. So um, that was very discouraging. Um, so I thought, fine, I'll write a different sort of story. So then I went and changed and wrote another story. And I was just writing, writing, writing. Now I had written and I had written in all in notebooks and I had got to the one, uh, number nine, I think it was. And my mother, who's always my greatest fan, if you've got no fans, at least if your mother and grandmother are your fans, she was the, um, 
on the state level of a group here in Australia we call the CWA, which is, of course, the Country Women's Association. I don't know if you have something similar in the US. But she was on the state level of this organisation and um, they had a magazine. So she had submitted a couple of short stories of mine to the magazine which they'd published and she said to me, I've got a great idea. She said, why don't you write a serial for the magazine? You know, I thought, well, why not? So I was on this number, number nine book. And um, so I began to write it. And they would accept a page and a half, I suppose that would have been about 500 words, um, maybe, maybe 500 to 1,000 words, once every two months. Wow. <laughs> Every two months, I'd just write a little bit more and send it in. And um, after two years, the editor got back to me and she says, um, can, you, can you write an ending? Because we'd like to hear the ending to this story. And, uh, and I nearly had a, a conniption because, of course, I'd only just established the story by that time. Um, I'd only just established the character and the main tension. <laughs> so I said, oh. Um, so I wrote an ending like, you know, um, a Star Wars type of ending where they've, they've frozen Han Solo in ice. I wrote one of those endings, but it's not an ending at all. Um, <laughs> and said to them, um, can I write uh, the full version and advertise it when you put out the last issue? And she said, so, so I quickly hurried, wrote, 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 wrote. Didn't, Lisa, I didn't know anything about editing mm -hmm. or anything or design or anything. I just hurried up and wrote it and gave it to a couple of English teachers at school who picked up a couple of spelling words. They didn't know anything either. Um, had a really dodgy cover on it, like dodgy, dodgy, dodgy. And uh, I printed 300 copies and I advertised it in this magazine and my husband get 300 copies. He goes, who's going to buy that other than your mother and your grandmother? And, I, you know, thank you for your confidence. Um, and so I sold the 300 copies quick sticks. Um, they just flew out the door, which was lovely. Right. Awesome. And then a, a friend of mine in distribution, I gave him a copy and his mother-in-law read it. And she said, oh, it's wonderful. And he said, well, if you can write a sequel and put better cover on it, I'll distribute it. And that's how it all began. That was the Heart of Green Valley series, which sold really well around Australia. Yeah. So what is next for you? So you've got this all arranged. It's out now. People, guys, you guys can grab it. We'll have the links there. What's up for you after this? Um, I am engaged at the moment in a group project with a number of other Australian authors. One of them might also be on screen with us at the moment. <laughs> but it has been the details of it have been announced um and i don't think that they want us to announce it yet but anyway it's a bunch of australian authors getting together having a jolly good time um contemporary uh i'm going to try to make it light-hearted again like um with with this series that i've just finished because i've enjoyed the light-hearted aspect of writing it is probably that is probably part of my personality is to be a little bit light-hearted uh, what is what is your website quickly where your viewers can get a hold of you uh meredithresky.com all right and we will have that listed in our show notes um and thank you so much for joining us today meredith yeah thank you i really appreciate the time and uh thank you for having me yeah 
No problem. And we have a giveaway for all arranged. So you guys will have the link in the show notes and you can enter that. Um, also, uh, we, the hosts, we have a Navilia. So I have um, my new Navilia fake engagement mistake. And Naomi? Yes, my biblical fiction novella called On Desolate Heights. It's Balaam and his talking donkey. That is free for download. All those links will be in our show notes. Uh, be sure to follow Meredith on socials and give her a like. Um, let's show her, show her some support with her new rom-com. We're so excited for you. Um, be sure to sign up and, and share for a chance to win all arranged. And that's it for this time. And that's all we have for you today. Until next time, let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith.